Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Expert Answers from Inside Scientific. Inside Scientific is the online environment for life science webinars, virtual events, interviews, and educational content that helps you do your best work. Today, we are joined by Walter Hoppenbacher and Fraser Finley. Walter is Head of Sales and Marketing at CN Systems Medicine Tech AG. Frazier is the CEO of Biopack Systems, a company known for their high-quality physiology measurement tools. They are here to speak about the fundamentals of real-time, B2B, non-invasive blood pressure monitoring and present new research capabilities enabled through the integration of NIBP technology and physiological recording systems. Let's jump in. question comes from Victoria at the University of Texas Medical Branch, and she's asked if you could compare the CNAP system to Finipress technology or a finometer. Yes, certainly. Happy to do so. Well, basically, Finipress was developed like 30 years ago, and the technology hasn't changed much over time. The basic principle that lies behind the measuring blood pressure on the subject's fingers is called vascular unloading and also Benes principle. And that's uh, common amongst all these units, also for CNAP. However, there are distinct differences between Phenopress and uh, CNAP I would like uh, to emphasize on. One is the finger sensors on Phenopress technology are single finger sensors and they are wrapped around the finger using a Velcro while CNAP is using a fixed sensor. So the setup using these Velcro sensors is tricky on one hand, and also the Velcro, how tight you pull it, influences your results, so you read. Secondly, Phenopress lacks um, calibration. So basically, the finger blood pressure is reconstructed or is used to reconstruct brachial pressures using a digital filter. This digital filter is uh, trained with a cohort of patients, but it really depends on uh, arterial elasticity in your subjects and may be different in your subjects. While CNAB uses a full upper arm cuff to calibrate on it. And then third, and I think most importantly, to track rapid changes in blood pressure, Phenopress uses something called a physiocal. And so what they do is the blood pressure monitoring is interrupted time by time over the course of 10, between 10 and 70 beats, and uh, then is sensing the pressure signal up and down, it closes the loop again and monitors continuously again. So basically with on, you will get interruption in your measurements within 10 or up to 70 second gaps, while uh, Synap does the same a similar thing in the background, but it just does not interrupt the monitoring. It just keeps going continuously. And I think these are the main differences. Perfect. No, that's a, that's a comprehensive answer. Thank you. Next question, Fraser. During registration and also during today's uh, presentation, many attendees are curious if these systems could be used during exercise. So I think the question is if you could address if this is possible, but maybe also touch on what might be important for, uh, to ensure quality data collection. Yeah, you can definitely use the CNAP technology while a subject is performing exercise. Primary issue really is making sure that you avoid a lot of artifact. So if the arm is moving around a lot rapidly, you will get artifacts on the signals and it will make it difficult to analyze the actual blood pressure data. So we recommend securing the arm in a sling 
and then dependent upon the type of exercise, so if you're on a recumbent bike or something like that, the arm is in a sling, it's kept at heart height, which is good, maintains a consistent height of the um, sensor, and then the participant can exercise and you'll record reliably throughout the entire exercise, so you get before, during and recovery phases without a problem. And not just a recumbent bike, it can be other forms of exercise, but the thing to avoid is really bouncing that cuff around. Okay, that's great. Um, and actually, an extension of this, uh, Hugo Pereira has asked, well, he's explained, he is doing measurements, or he's using this equipment to, during exercise, but they're short bouts of exercise, approximately a minute. And he's saying his challenge is the CNAP arm cuff and doing the calibration during that one-minute exercise. Consequently, he loses, say, 20 seconds of, of data during that equipment calibration. So his question is, is there any way to avoid the inflation of the arm cuff during each bout of exercise? Or perhaps is there another workaround so he can, can capture everything for the one minute of recording for each subject? Yeah, I mean, within the CNAP monitor, you can control when the blood pressure calibration and the finger switch occurs and you can push it out there for as long as 60 minutes so you should be able to find a time within that 60 minute segment where you can manually invoke a calibration so you pick a period where you know it doesn't matter mm. you select to perform the calibration at that point and then you can carry on with your recording but if you're only doing a one minute period you shouldn't have to worry about the calibration as long as you set the interval long enough okay. so pushing um, it out I, I, I totally agree on that and I think CNAP is good to run over longer distances uh, with a calibration that is done in the beginning so what they need to make sure is calibrate in the beginning as often as they like, but then during the test, as I've shown in my presentation, and also during the one minute, for example, exercise, just keep recording continuous data from the finger sensor and just make sure that the NFBP cuff doesn't kick in uh, during that minute. Also bear in mind, uh, I mean, if the subject's uh, blood pressure alters due to exercise, an upper arm cuff anyways cannot measure blood pressure very accurate. So what you want to do is calibrate in the beginning and just don't calibrate during the exercise period. Well, that's great. Thanks to both of you. Next question. How well does this technology work with people that have cold fingers during measurements? So for those research studies where that might be uh, the case or just in general. Okay. Well, of course, CNAP is depending on blood flow in the patient's fingers. So we want to make sure uh, we have blood flow. There is no, for example, a vascular shock or something. In general, CNAP picks up the signal very well. As soon as the pulsation index turns green at measurement startup, it's an indication to get a signal. And what we also hear from clinical customers that use CNAP, for example, during surgeries, etc., once CNAP is able to pick up a signal, it will not lose a signal. It will stay with your recording. And that's an important fact. If, for example, CNAP does not get a reading in the beginning, just check the cuff sizing of the finger sensor. Make sure the forearm controller is positioned well. I'm sure in 99% of, of subjects, you will get good readings. Perfect. Very good. Another question, Fraser, for you. 
How would one go about measuring pulse transit time and would they need any additional equipment perhaps that wasn't shown today to do so? With the pulse waveform that's coming from the NIBP100D, you obviously you're going to record that and then you'll also record ECG and then the software will identify the QRS, the peak of the QRS, the R wave, and identify the peak of the pulse signal. And we can do using the fine cycle peak detector, which is part of the Acknowledge software, we can identify both these points and then you can calculate the time interval between the peak of the QRS, the R wave, and the peak of the uh, pulse waveform. So you're sort of looking at the electrical from the heart versus the mechanical, the blood pressure. And then you can calculate the distance from the heart to the fingertip by just simple measurement. Perfect. And we have actually, we have an application note that walks people through the entire analysis. Okay, great. Perhaps we, we can link to that in the Q&A report as well. Quick question, Walter, does the arm cuff need to stay on the subject after calibration and during the whole, or could it technically Technically, you could remove it. But as we said before, I mean, make sure you calibrate CNAP in the beginning using the upper arm cuff, mm -hmm. and during your experiment or test, or even before that, you could take it off. Make sure CNAP is set in a way that the upper arm cuff is not triggered meanwhile. So if it bothers you, you can take it off. Basically, what we see is if it doesn't inflate, it really doesn't bother so much. You know, so mm -hmm. you can leave it on too. Okay, great. Uh, and final uh, question, Fraser: Can a researcher manually adjust the fiducial points on signals in Acknowledge? And I think the, what we're looking at here, or why the question's been asked, is would it be possible for a dis different signal, such as ECG, to be used to define waveform events, such as systole and diastole? You're meaning if you're analyzing the wrong channel? Well, I think, I think the way I interpret the question is, at part of your demonstration, you showed the fiducial points being put on the uh, ECG waveform, I believe, or no, it was the blood pressure waveform. And I think the question is, could that same process be applied but use ECG? So that for analysis purpose, the fiducial points are, are determined by that waveform rather than blood pressure. You can't identify the systolic from the ECG easily, but what the software will do, it will pick out the components of the ECG complex. Okay. So when I ran the baroreflex sensitivity analysis, the software goes through and scores the entire ECG. It needs to be a lead to ECG. Mm -hmm. It will identify the P, Q, R, S, T, beginning of P, the peak of the P wave, end of the P wave, beginning of T, end of T, etc. And it also does the same with the blood pressure. So you get the systolic, the diastolic, and the percentage user-defined recovery point. So they are identified within the ECG waveform. That, so I'm not sure if that answers the question. The part that I think may be related to this is if the software has misplaced or hasn't placed, because typically what will happen if the software is unable to identify part of the complex, it won't guess. It will 
just it won't mark it because it's unable to do. But with the human eye, sometimes you can identify where that point is. You can then manually apply the mark or you can move a mark that you think may be slightly off. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Expert Answers and that you will tune into future episodes where researchers just like you answer questions about their work and share science. For the full webinar, please see the link in the description. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you next time.